2: morning footy. Thanks oh. for being with us. Yeah. know. are you sitting up? I don't know. It feels weird being in What?
3: Where's oh, Susanna?
2: <laughs> Charlie Davis, <laughs> Alexi Guerreros, yeah. Nico Gantor filling in for Susanna Collins. What's up, guys? The perspective from here. I know. Weird. A little bit I'm different. not used to this. <laughs> yeah. No, I am from Golazo. How, 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 how does it feel seeing the pretty side of my face? I was about to say it's about time I get to look at something gorgeous, <laughs> like Oh, <Unico>. Thank you. That <laughs> is gonna come for
3: yeah, that. Yeah, She's <laughs> coming. You're waiting, waiting for it. Marco,
2: welcome uh, to morning footy. I know. I'm taking your you, seat you, for today. You've been working a lot. Huh? Today and tomorrow, I'm with you guys. How about oh, to be here. clothes. Boys, blue, blue, blue. Let's go. Nice. I was gonna. I was gonna do green. It would have been three green. Kind of dressed
1: nice. like you, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I figured. Actually, why not, yeah. If I'm in the
1: Nico seat.
2: Yeah. We, got we got the beard.
0: And we yeah. got the dark hair. Meanwhile, Charlie's dressed like a horse girl. This
1: is cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like your
3: outfit. You
0: cantered up to the studio. Bro, you got a lemon on your shirt. How are you making fun of his outfit? Bro, shouts to lemons, bro. <laughs> Yo,
3: you, there's something this is different crazy. about you, though. Me? Yeah, like there's like a
0: glow. Yeah, there is. I was noticing it.
3: You've done something different. I can't. What is it? Oh, are you. I put makeup on. There no, it is. no, there's something else different. Oh, what's going on? I don't know. <laughs> Is there a bit prepared? I feel like yeah, there's No, there's something you're, different you're, about you're him. You're vibrant. Am I? Yeah, yeah, you're vibrant. So you're saying I'm usually not? No, no you, I like you how, always are. But you're so
0: Brooklyn that something's a, a little, little different. There's a glow. He's like, am I dying? Am I dying? Yeah, now? I know. It <laughs> feels like something's wrong. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> no. I thought it's a makeup joke. No, you're always positive
3: and happy and smiling. No, there's something about your ore that's a little I appreciate you. It's because
2: they gave you a compliment. I said you look good.
3: Okay, thank you. I'll take it.
2: Nice. Someone asked us if uh, we were related today. Yeah. I feel like we could be related. I feel no, like you're it. the Italian version of me and I'm the Argentine version. I mean, Argentinian and Italian, we're already like cousins. Yeah, it's look at the names. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. The same. Yeah, yeah. You are yeah. like... We're very similar. That's I go for i
3: yeah, yeah. the yeah. Alexis. You're the Dominican um, version Yes. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Basically.
2: Makes sense. Okay. All right. I don't know how I'm going to be able to control... You guys, I feel like we're good. Two Brooklynites together. Nah, he's from New Jersey. Okay. First of oh. all, oh my God, okay, yeah, that's really not from even New Jersey. Ah. I'm from New uh, Okay. Well, what home. state were you
1: born in? I'm what from state? What state were you Aren't born? in? Aren't you from
0: in? Long Island? Why are you asking I'm about states?
1: Born and raised, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Brooklyn baby. I should have
5: just yeah. not even asked. Let's move that. on. Yeah.
2: Okay, moving on. <laughs> the big news of the weekend was Columbus Crew defeating LAFC for their third MLS Cup mm-hmm. in franchise history. Let's see how it played out.
1: Cup 2023
0: LAFC trying to become just the fourth team ever to win back to back titles and the crew trying to win their second title in four years. There's Yaboa from the byline clipping into a dangerous area. Rossi was in a handball. Oh, it was! Penalty Columbus! Cucho Hernandez has made all eight of his penalty attempts in at all competitions. Cucho scores! Oh, how about that? got behind all
3: and the Columbus crew add a second goal, and they are all over LAFC. It's over! The Columbus crew have won MLS
2: Cup! What a big win on Saturday night. Listen, it is their third MLS Cup, third most all-time. Pair that with three Supporter Shield winners titles, a U.S. Open Cup, and they're in the CONCACAF Champions Cup doesn't roll off the tongue as nice (laughs) as CONCACAF Champions League, but we have to live with it. CONCACAF Champions Cup round of 16. A big win for the crew, Chuck. Um, Looking at the game, and then I read Diego Valeri's post afterwards because he's been posting yes. on Instagram sensational stuff. Can so, I get a so book? of so poetry? Yeah. yeah. Can I
0: get a book of poetry? And, and I think. Can this guy he, read me a nighttime story? Diego Valeri. <laughs> he Good in, God. In, in, in Spanish, though. In Spanish, he, in Spanish it's like even better. When he when he posts on Instagram, he wears a blazer with like the elbows. You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm talking about? Just yeah. like him. Right? This guy. <laughs> so <laughs> Oh, I think your, your, alarm, your car alarm's going off. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's already off the wall. Okay. Yeah, It's off the I, I, It didn't feel, Valeri said it best, that he made LAFC look like they were bottom of the table. It didn't have a dynamic of mm. a typical final. LAFC were second best probably the large majority of the game. How Not come? probably. They Not, were. Yeah. I mean, even uh, look at the
3: stats. Well, really bodied. Columbus crew and the, the way that they play their style of play, they keep possession. And LAFC did not try to change the way they played. Because when you have Chiellini as one of your center backs, you know you can't play high lines. That's just, it's just not happening. You will get broken down. So they sat back. And then LAFC weren't good at closing the passing lanes down. They weren't good at putting pressure. And when you have Darlington Nagby in the midfield, hmm. he's always going to find those openings. He can, he can go side to side, east to west, better than anyone that this league has ever had. He's that good. And so they... They always felt comfortable. they were creating chances they were putting LFC on their heels and lFC couldn 't really muster anything up they, were, they weren 't threatening at all. You had hope that Denny Buwangka could get those one v one opportunities, but they came far and few between and, and he wasn 't really that energetic he wasn 't that he didn't you didn 't feel like he was in the game, and Carlos Villa too again was like a passenger in this match so uh, does that fall in Chirundolo? I i I feel like there's
2: he has somewhat of the blame to take. It, sure. it, took, it took him long to
0: adjust. It's, look, he's going to take the blame because he's the losing coach. Um, but I think we've said this before on this show. If Denny is on, this team is a highlight reel. If he's off, they struggle. Unfortunately, he was off in a final. And you mentioned it. He could, it seemed like there was, a, there was a lack of – they were trying to find him in space, which was really the only thing they could really do because they would just get completely covered by Columbus Crew. And then in those moments where they were finding space, the fullbacks did a good job of getting back, on top of Denny Buanga, kind of pressuring him off the ball, pressuring him away from goal, and there's just nothing they could really do. There were moments where I was just like, what what can Chirundolo do in this situation? He is completely his club is completely being outclassed by Columbus Crew. It was a what this was a one-lane
1: highway. But what impressed me about that is as I've come to learn the story of Wilfred Nancy and the, the way that he's come into this team first year, he's stuck by his style from what I saw until the end of the match. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a sign of a good coach. A sign of a coach who has his ideas down packed to his team is following him. You know because sometimes you get into finals and we've seen this before where all of a sudden you switch things up and you see what it means to them in these images to win this 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 trophy it's massive. It meant everything to the squad. And it's because everyone bought into the, his exact philosophy.
0: And, Let me and, tell you the moment I knew Columbus won. I was like, this is it. LA stands on chance. When I saw Will Fernandzi wearing a puffer blazer, I've never seen it before. I was like, oh, this man doesn't even care a little bit about fashion. He's only about football. Just off of style. Just that. He's only here for the football. I'm like, oh, they won. <laughs> I,
3: and, and I would say just what Columbus did so well is you're forcing LAFC's best players to defend. So... They push Farsi so high. They push uh, Yeboah high. Now, if those wi- uh, wingers don't get back to defend, then you have a numerical advantage every single time you have possession. And that's what Columbus said. They found the, ex- the open man, and they were able to keep possession. And then when they got forward, they were clinical. Yeboah with that finish, Amundsen with that pass. Oof. Uh, That's one of the best passes of the season. That 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 whole sequence, Hollingshead is the one that loses the ball
2: and then ends up being out of position on on the pass. They they regain it maybe three quarters of the way up the field and then just work it around, 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 and it comes to Nagby. Nagby lays off, and Amundsen, the weight. But not only is the pass great, it was at that point in the game, it was torrential downpour, and it was perfectly weighted in Yeboah. The the way that he controls it, I was like, oh, he ain't gonna do the right footed finish inside. Of, and he went tres dedos, lefty finish. It was it was sensational. Wanted to, wanted to ask also. I mean, here look it at is. this.
3: This is beautiful. Pouring rain. But look, Gorgeous. but look at the pressure. Whew, these lanes are LAFC are wide, spread so wide. Look they're not the, closing down. Look at the
0: down. lane in the middle that's opened up here.
3: Look at how much space is there
0: between the lines. And they have, they have three they have three on the back line and two in front of them. There's enough people here to clog that mm-hmm. lane. And it was just what? I mean, for your center back to make a pass like that, the vision. And That's for, for LFC, if,
3: if you are playing a low block or you are defending and, and trying to keep the game close, you can't give up that first goal. Mm-hmm. And that when the PK happens, and it was a PK, it's, it's difficult to go down a goal, and then all of a sudden you have to chase the game on the road. Mm-hmm. You're playing in a, in, a, in a away venue. The crowd, I have to give all the credit to Columbus as a city to back this club, mm-hmm. to not let them lose the organization, to not let them leave. Yeah, absolutely. To, to dig in and say, absolutely. this city deserves mm-hmm. this team. The only and one that, more in the mud than
0: LAFC was pre-court. He was watching this like, damn. No, I think he's doing all right. He's Austin, doing all
2: right? Yeah, yeah. He's, probably, um, he's probably. I, right. I want to ask about the MVP. The MVP ended up being Gucho Hernandez, who mm-hmm. scored the penalty kick goal. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the collective performance of the entire game, I, I was struggling to find, okay, he was the outstanding, the best player on the field. Who would you have
3: given... I MVP too. I would have given it to Darlington Agby. He did not lose He did not lose the ball.
0: Is there some reason to see bias, though, because of how great the story is and how long of a career he's had?
3: No. Or you would say from this 90, he... He, he didn't lose it. the ball. Yeah. That's what he does. 96% passing uh, percentage. My man not only keeps the ball, but he moves it to the right spaces. He's just... He's now up there as one of the greatest MLS players of all time. That's where he is. And when you look at him, you go, damn, how could he be that good and have, have not ventured out to Europe, mm-hmm. you know, taking that step yeah. and, and been such a, a staple in the US men's national team setup? And I think when you look through it, you're like, that's the one that got away. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it. Maybe, maybe uh, we didn't, didn't want to. No, I, I think it's a little bit of both of maybe coming into the system and not feeling that he was respected, that he was wasting his time when he's a family man. Darlington Nagby loves his family. If he's going, and not like anyone doesn't, but he's so close to his family that if he feels he's not getting the most out of certain opportunities, that he doesn't want to leave them.
1: His his impact on everyone around him, too, is what touched me. Like, you hear the way that his teammates speak about him. When you have a player like that at the center of your team, it makes everything easier. And he even got emotional. I was watching the, the interviews after the match, he was so emotional at this moment. He even felt a little bit surprised. Not that he's not been there before, but this one felt a little bit more, whether it's a story of Columbus or, or whether it's just the, the magic that Nancy brought to this team. It's something special, and you have that sort of player makes everything go a little bit more smooth.
0: Hmm. I think the only negative from this match for Columbus is that your days with Wolf or Nancy are numbered. This man will be getting a job or at least job opportunities outside of MLS really soon. No. Yeah, no, he
2: is that will no, He'll be there for a while. Now, hopefully they keep him. There's yeah. something really good happening at Columbus. And just the final point on Nagby, I think that when you're a mortal like us that haven't played this game, for us it's it's difficult to appreciate what Nagby does without putting into context with all the other center midfielders in the league. Because on a swivel with the pressure on, goalkeeper can play him a ball and he, he he plays that triangle pass to the outside back. You know how many center mids in the league would misplace that pass under pressure in a moment that simply you can't lose the ball. And that's a difference. And, that, that's uh, one. And, that's and, 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 and he, he that's, does
3: it. That's one facet. Okay. And then he, the other facet is he can turn and yeah. dribble.
0: Yeah. So also his first touch w- always goes away from the person
3: coming at it. What I talk to to every MLS player, all star, the best players in the league. Which one player you're? In, you're, you're really kind of surprised by. Darlington, Darlington really? Yeah. Every single player. Mm-hmm. And it's his ability to keep the ball under pressure and, and do it in a graceful way. That, yeah. that You can't teach it. It's, mm-hmm. it's that type of player. He's a generational player in Major League Soccer. Yeah, well.
2: sensational. Four MLS Cups for Darlington, Nabby. incredible. In my book, MVP as well of, mm-hmm. of the finals. He misplaced two passes all game long. It was absolutely terrible. Absolutely, yeah. And they were shocking. You're like, wow,
0: don't <laughs>
2: misplace the pack. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got headlines and several Hunters in the house uh, with us. So stick around. Hi guys, welcome back to Morning Footy and as usual on Monday we recap our wagers from Friday. I thought we were going to skip this segment, right? It's, no. It's not worth no, let's talk about, about it. it. Those are all of our bets. A couple of us lost, most of us or they won. <laughs> uh, this is pretty good, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. better than you guys on Scommessa della Giornata. Okay, we have a way it's harder pass than yeah. you guys have. No, no, hold oh, up, hold stop up. It. Way 10, no, harder. stop. Ours is 10,000 times harder. No, no, no. Crazy? We made bets you,
0: with using Serie A teams. Are
1: you you guys, guys are just terrible. No. Like Let's it. do a week hey. where we reverse the role, where you have to bet on just a specific game. You guys get
2: all of Europe. It's so easy. No. Marco, Marco. So easy. Marco. Napoli, Juve.
1: Yeah, that was bad. You took the over. Oh, for yeah. you guys, yeah. Why
2: right. would you yeah. take the over if I was, was misguided? Definitely. You were still
3: sleeping when Yo, you d- t- took honest, Hold on, who misguided you? No, nah, I'm not going to. I'm not <laughs> yeah, calling yeah, call yeah. CBS. A no, German guy. <laughs> don't, don't
1: throw money. A German know what? guy told Yo, you about it. A when I said <laughs> it on the show, I was like, did I really just take that? Because I've been all over the place. But either way, we have a much tougher task than you guys. No, I think it's super easy. Let's reverse
2: it next week. Chuck, who would you lose on the bets?
3: Much and glad back. Union Berlin have been horrid. You were like, no, there's no chance. Union Mon- Monaco <laughs> did did their job. They won.
2: Yeah, against Wren.
3: At Wren. And yeah, they've been right. and they've been poor on the road. Yeah. But I knew yeah. this was it. And but Union Berlin has a sixteen Berlin, game winless run. winless run. You them. And look it. This is this is what
2: happens. <laughs> that's the back. What's
3: going on, going on, man? Oh man! Oh, they yeah. went down 3-0, and I said, "This is this can't be it." Union Berlin found. Don't go against Paramount Plus. Them. You want to get sponsor? I, I that's what happened. Yeah, I regret it, but you know what? I'm gonna bounce back. When you said, I had great odds. "Out of respect,"
1: I didn't wear my Union Berlin track uh, jacket. I was about to. When you said that's my said, spot in Germany. When you said on the show on that's Friday, bad. they've 16 without a win. Bye bye. Suze
0: goes, "Mm, I bet you this is when they turn it around. Hmm.
2: Something to that effect. No. Yeah, and Su- and Suzu always gets Bundesliga right, by the way. She yeah. is a Bundesliga whisperer. That's, uh, really. that's Bielica's first win. The new manager for Berlin. <laughs> it's, it's their first win. I, I also <laughs> lost, so I am in Charlie's. I point. watched the game just to see if you would so lose. So I had hit Fenerbahce Besiktas, which was the derby in in Turkey. Over I hit over two point five goals, easy money. Oh, I knew that one.
3: And then such a Nico bet, by the way. And yeah. then.
2: And then, Barca, Girona, uh, Catalan derby. I was like, okay, it's going to be... The, tight. You thought it was going
0: to be tight. What a, what a yeah, ridiculous... Bad. That's as bad as his. Well, a team from, that doesn't make the finish is a team in that only is
2: Yeah, in hindsight, from the fifth minute, when Bro. Girona were
3: defending <laughs> so close it was, to their
2: box. It, it it was, do we
0: have that goal? Oh, we
3: do. Look at this. this, this look at this. There's no one there. That's the one, the one that broke. One. That's the one that broke his bet right here. Yeah. Koundé oh. said, I'm not defending today. But it's a By the not way, we have a group chat. Nico just put expletive, 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 Oh yeah, he was the angry. F-words everywhere. I just took it on the back. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Girona, Girona were so crazy. close to
2: their own box and defending like to the limit, they were actually doing a pretty good job of it. And then Barcelona defensively on the counters, they were they, they, they couldn't stop Girona.
0: It was no Girona. But, we talked about this in the past. Everyone's like, wait till Girona plays the tough team. No, wait till those teams have to play the tough Girona, bro. Girona is yeah. here to we'll, stay. We'll who's get into in this. By the way,
1: who's in last between all of you? guys? This guy right here. Yeah. In last? We'll yeah. get we'll I'm get in into second. Girona. I'm in second because so,
2: I won again. Okay. But, uh, you know, tell me, soft tell set. me, we're the tell same moment in second in our group. Yeah.
1: What'd you hit?
0: I hit uh, Atletico Madrid to beat uh, Almeida, who's last in last place, and had Inter Milan uh, beating Udinese. Easy. Simple. That's easy. Simple bet. Slap singles, baby.
1: I feel like that's, there's no risk. I hit my, my bet on, on that one, one too. Yeah. Inter. La Taro to score, Inter to win, over one and a half goals. Oh, see, I don't even do that. every I just single to time. win. Yeah, simple go for
0: bets. These guys are going crazy. I'll take this yeah. guy's. This guy's betting on the third division in, in <laughs> Istanbul in, in, in Turkey. I'm, I'm
3: gonna hit one of these <laughs> home runs. There go. I'm going until I hit a home run. Yeah, I yeah. said that all last year. <laughs> it doesn't it's work just out. for the fences
2: every time. You're gonna blow your rotator cup. One one fiesta parlay. I so listen. The other two people that hit the bet were Suze and Jimmy. Both of them in their parlay had both teams to score in MLS Cup. It felt like at one point it wasn't gonna happen, but Danny Boanga came in clutch. Schulte pulled up with a big stop. Murillo was sensational in the, in the anticipation. Uh, he almost did not score there, which is yeah. crazy. But this was the moment where I was
0: like, damn, Jimmy's still in first.
2: <laughs> um, and Sus had Leipzig, Dortmund, both teams to score. She got that. And Jimmy asked him Villa Villa to Villa win to winner or, or draw. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, a little bit of a cushion there. Still, though. And, and he got that. So here we are. Charlie and I in Suze the red. Suze back in the
3: green. Good job, Suze. Suze
2: in third place this is now. pretty good. We flip-flopped, go and Charlie has stayed in, in fifth. You also got a push, Alexis, because of last weekend's Bayern the... Union Berlin suspension. Yeah. So it's like you have got one less, one game played less than us. <laughs> you have to bet after it's done, you have to bet one more weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think those are the rules. Yeah. And also, I would have been in first had I been able to bet that one. Nice. You know, you know,
0: I would not have gotten Charlie. they had to win. Maybe,
2: maybe that was Unión's time to break. To be Bayern? Yeah, fam. I would not have gotten Charlie. Do you know that? All right, we've been talking a lot of uh, Barcelona, Girona, and uh, we have a fan of both teams here. Barcelona. Maybe a <laughs> There's a third team, team in there too. Yeah. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, we out. Hunter, bienvenida. Living in Barcelona. I learned you were American, by the way. Before we started our show,
4: I didn't know you were American. Born and bred, my man. I thought you were Spanish. Most people do. Wow. <laughs> it's a safe assumption to make. I've been there for 16 years. But, yeah, born and raised in Los Angeles.
0: Wow, incredible. Yeah. Sensational. Yeah, I can hear the Valley girl accent. <laughs> Thank you.
4: <laughs> yeah. oh, don't ask me to break it out. It's been a while. It's a little rusty. I'm not sure I can do it.
1: <laughs> can we settle which team you like? Because we just joked. Barca. Yeah, go for it. Girona, Real Madrid. How is
2: it possible? Why don't you guys all
4: well hedge a bit? Because clearly you're very good at okay. it. Okay, so. I think, I think uh,
2: you're hospitalet. <laughs>
4: Ah, Is that your team? Stuff.
2: No. Ah, uh, cow's going to no, You could say Europa if you wanted to.
4: Third division, not Barcelona team. Not no, Ooh. I'm just kidding. Espanol? Espanol? Mm. No. No, I got I'm not a big fan of Espanol. Okay. All right, long story short, moved to Barcelona in 2007, became a huge fan of Barca because of Pep Guardiola and Leon and Messi. Lived that era, the golden era, in the flesh. Got to go to the Camp Nou on a regular basis. But then I went and worked for Real Madrid for a couple of years, so, soft spot in the heart there for them. But then I've been covering La Liga for six years, mm-hmm. so you get to know all of the teams, all the players, and you just fall in love with the whole league. So now I just, I love La Liga, full stop. No! So and she's <laughs> to now, Rob Lowe. I love- Gidona. La Liga ambassador. I'm a yeah, okay. yeah. La Liga ambassador, we're going to Help say. him out on his
1: next La Liga bets, all right? Okay. To yeah, we'll yeah, talk. Yeah, next
4: time you've got to go for Girona, you don't want to bet against yeah. them right now. With by, Gidon, by the so. end of the
2: week, we'll talk to some.
4: <laughs> <about>. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Well, thanks, guys. Happy to be here. So why don't we go ahead, my friends, and start then with the headlines and we can begin in the Premier League, where Manchester United 3-0 defeat to Bournemouth on Saturday came with a heavy cost as club captain Bruno Fernandes will now miss their away fixture to Liverpool next Sunday. He was cautioned by Referee Peter Banks in the 84th minute for what appeared to be dissent. The caution was Bruno's fifth yellow card of the season, and as such, will now miss out on his side's trip to Anfield, where they famously lost 7-0 back in March. United currently sit sixth, 10 points behind league leaders Liverpool. Now, staying with Premier League news, Chelsea captain Reece James picked up a hamstring injury during his side's 2-0 defeat to Everton. The 24-year-old right back was substituted 27 minutes into the match at Goodison Park. Manager Mauricio Pochettino confirmed that the England international will now undergo tests to determine the extent of the injury. Recurring hamstring injuries have plagued James for the last two seasons, which have caused him to miss 16 games in total. Now, meanwhile, over in Germany, Bayern Munich forward Serge Gnabry faces another spell on the sidelines with a thigh injury sustained less than five minutes after coming on as a substitute. The club announced over the weekend that Gnabry suffered a muscle tendon injury in his left thigh area during Bayern's 5-1 drubbing at Eintracht Frankfurt. Bayern said Naby is ruled out for the coming games but did not give a specific timeframe for his absence. Now on to some happier news then over in England where Sunday saw an attendance record for a Barclays women's Super League match of 59,042 fans at the Emirates Stadium with Arsenal's 4-1 win over Chelsea. The match surpassed the previous women's Super League record by around 4,000 fans when 54,000 attended Arsenal's league opener against Liverpool this season. The Gunners are now tied in points with Emma Hayes' Chelsea in first place in the women's Super League. Now, meanwhile, over in Italy, AC Milan will announce Zlatan Ibrahimovic's return today as a part of the board, according to multiple reports. The former striker will be a close collaborator of owner Jerry Cardinali. This will be Ibrahimovic's first appointment since his retirement from football in June 2023. Now, Ibra Cadabra, as I like to call him, spent six seasons at Milan during his playing career, first between 2010 and 2012, then again between 2019 and 2023. The former Sweden international scored 93 goals in 163 appearances with the Serie Giants, winning the Scudetto twice and won Supercoppa Italiano. Now, Marco Zlatan obviously had a huge impact as a player during his playing days. What kind of... Uh, influence do you think that he's going to have now that he goes back in a different role?
1: It should be a big difference. And I think ownership was smart at the timing that they put this right right after a loss to Atalanta to try to hide, you know, right before Champions League. And he's coming in as a senior advisor to Redbird. So who owns uh, Milan? You know, the impact that he had three years ago when Milan won the Scudetto was massive. Mm. And they're lacking that, that little that period between speaking between the players And the ownership, there's like a disconnect and he's helped motivate them. He's helped do all these things. We have to see what his exact role is. Mm -hmm. A lot of people comparing it to what Maldini did, but it's different. Maldini chose players. This feels like he's going to help Jerry Cardinale to say, this is what you should should say. This is how you should speak to the players. So we'll we'll see how it
3: goes. He's he's Uh, like a consultant. And and basically. And a figurehead though. You you look for Slatan to be kind of the face of the club to help promote the club, but also to be that bridge between the players the ownership give kind of a guidance this is what we need to to win Syria this is what we need to win Champions League um, I think it's a, a no-brainer. But what do you think the influence will be on the players? Because one of the positive
0: things about having a guy like Maldini and there is a proven winner, just someone that everyone respects. He, you know, it's, it's a god of the sport walking through the halls. That that inspires the players to play well. He leaves. Now you bring in a guy like Slatan. Maybe not the same position, but do you think he'll have that
1: influence on the players? Do you think his presence will provide a little bit of that lift. When Zlatan joined Milan, he said in the trainings, he was watching players walk around and not train hard. And he's the one who smacked everybody into shape. And there's a lot of people, if you speak to Milan fans, they take credit away from Pioli and what he did and say it was Zlatan that was the motivator in the locker room because he couldn't play all the games, right? He was part of the squad. I think that they need a little bit of that right now, too, though. They need some guy to be there, you know, like the older brother, to be like, this is how you're supposed to be doing things. Let's not slip off. And when you look at Milan, yeah, they have injuries. They have problems with the way that the team was built. But there's that lack of fire and lack of sacrifice from everybody, which is the way that they won the Scudetto three years ago. So I hope he helps in that regard.
2: One of those, right? Not actually, play. but uh, like a theoretical. Yeah,
0: it's like my mother walking from, from around Island. with a flip flop in her hand. you be like, oh, yeah, the you know. chancleta. the Oh my God! Hey, so, someone who knows
2: bro. what being rosonero is exactly I'll make it, remind everybody. And he's okay. gonna be there. That's the important part. It took a while to get this deal done because they didn't just
1: want him to be doing his marketing activities coming to yeah. New York, do this. They wanted to be more present.
2: All right, listen, guys, we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. When we come back, Jeff Schrieves, or as Alexis likes to call him, Shref is on the other side. We're talking Premier League. (music) Welcome back to Morning Footy. Time to talk Premier League. Top of the table. Liverpool beating Crystal Palace. Harvey Elliott scoring at the very end. A couple of interesting results elsewhere. Up the villa, Alexis and Charlie. They've won (laughs) 1-0 against Arsenal. Manchester United losing 3-0 at home to Bournemouth. Everton is cooking. Beating Chelsea 2-0. City also, they were a bit in in a bind. Fulham 5-0 and Tottenham 4-1. They're back to winning ways. And because we're talking Prem, We're bringing in our very own Jeff
5: Shreves. Jeff, what do do we even begin with this weekend? Storylines everywhere. Yeah, you're not wrong at all, Nico. I think I would summarize it by saying there are some big teams in big, big trouble. And also we're seeing teams lower down the table, not afraid, not cowed by their position whatsoever, prepared to absolutely take the game to those above them. Probably the best example of the weekend was Everton at home to Chelsea. Now, this is Everton's third win on the spin. Uh, it was a superb performance. And they really, although they were dominated by Chelsea in the actual game, they just hung on in there. There was real grit, real determination about it. It was a fabulous win for the Toffees. And they need it um, after that points deduction. In fact, the manager, Sean Dice even managed a wry smile after the game when he said, uh, somebody said to him, do you know what, if you hadn't been deducted those points... You've been the fringes of Europe right now. He's oh, thanks a lot. You've sported a good day for me, but is <laughs> going well. But as for Chelsea, dear oh dear. And afterwards, it was quite amazing. Maurizio Pochettino hinted that maybe, maybe they might have to do something in the transfer window this January. They spent four hundred million in the summer. This ownership spent nearly a billion pounds, and look where they are—bottom half of the table.
0: Uh, Jeff, I wanted—that's actually what I was about to ask about Mauricio Pochettino's comments. Uh, where do you assess that this is coming from? Because obviously the team isn't doing well. Do you think it's, a, it's an effort to sort of deflect from, uh, you know, maybe some of the shortages of his coaching or, or recent, uh, you know, shortages? Or do you think they really do need uh, some new purchases? Because as you said, or as we would say here, they spent a billy uh, in the transfer market. A billy, a, a, billy, billy, you know? a billy, I mean, at some point, global, no? you got to make this work. Which he was involved in. He was. I mean, you got to make this work.
5: Yeah, well, you you could argue they spent a silly billy, couldn't you? Because it's really not like him. Um, It's it's, it's an old one, isn't it? Because he's come in. He didn't buy the majority of these players. So you could argue that he's had a good look at them and they're just not what he needs. It's not the right fit, as he sees Chelsea, his vision for Chelsea. But at the same time, you could say, well, hang on, you're a top-class coach. You need to work with these players and get some sort of cohesion from them. As I said, they did actually, they dominated Everton during the actual game itself. Alexis is just not scoring goals, which is one of their biggest problems. But they just don't look like a team, do they? They're a collection of individuals rather than an actual team. And The truth is probably somewhere between the two, to your question. He probably wants one or two fresh faces in who are more, if you like, his players that he brings in. And at the same time, he's got to get down and work because he's got to work with these players. The other thing is the squad is too big. He's got too many bodies there. Too many players not playing, too many players not involved. So, I mean, look, look at the result and look at the performance. Look at Everton have got. Very, very small squad, a real togetherness about them, a real belief amongst the side, and that's what has got them firing. That's just what Chelsea don't have right now.
3: Well, Jeff, let's transition to another manager of a massive club, and Eric Hag. Losing 3-0 to Bournemouth, you got a, a big midweek midweek competition versus Bayern Munich. How, how do you assess where Manchester United is right now, given the ups and downs? He was just named Premier League Manager of the Month.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, do, you remember, do you remember we spoke about it on Friday, Charlie? I mean, it's just absolutely bonkers, isn't it? I mean, the only thing that is consistent about Manchester United is the inconsistency. They just can't string results together. When they play well, they do play well. We've seen them put in good performances. But look, they must look at Lewis Cook here for Bournemouth. His determination, his drive, I mean, it's a lovely finish from Solanke as well. But they were, again, they were absolutely miles off it. Bruno Fernandez said the other day, we can't seem to follow up a good result with another good performance, which brings the right results. In fact, if you look at Manchester United, I think it's only once this season they've strung together three Premier League wins in a row, which just shows you that they're really not in good shape. And again, we've touched on the show previously, there's just no leadership throughout the club whatsoever. There's questions about whether or not Eric Ten Hag will be sacked. We're not sure even who would sack him because of the ownership thing as well. So, huge task up against Bayern Munich in the Champions League this week. They need to win, and I hope the other games are draw. but Bayern might be smarting off that 5-1 spanking at the weekend. So, a bit gloomy around Old Trafford at the moment, I suspect.
1: Jeff, I want to ask you about another big result, because these two guys to my left are never going to ask you about them. Tottenham Hotspurs. They won 4-1. They managed the game well. What would you make about it?
5: Marco, I don't know how much of the game you saw, but there was quite an interesting tactical tweak as well here um, because he played with through the middle, moved Sonny back out to the left, which was always his position when Harry Kane played, wasn't it? And had Brennan Johnson coming down the right with Kulusevsky, kind of in the 10 behind the three of them. And it really, really worked a treat. They've got big injuries. And also, you've got to say as well, Newcastle United... Absolutely decimated by injuries right now, but it was a really, really good performance. Um, Charlatan's an interesting character as well, playing through the center. Um, in fact, these are the first goals he scored for Tottenham that are not <laughs> with with his head. So it was interesting uh the way that he played. Um, the way he plays for his country, the way he plays for his club, are they the same? Is there a transition there? And he's clearly somebody. I think he needs an arm around the shoulder. He's that type of player. It just looks as though Ange Postecoglou goglu might have done a real trick there, certainly on the evidence of that at the weekend. He has.
2: Yeah, Spurs were so exciting, Jeff, and, and the way that they go forward with the full backs pinching inside, mm. Udogi was sensational. But let, let's talk about the other team on the other hand, because Newcastle have been the trendy side and, and we've been praising Eddie Howe and, and how well that they've been playing. but. It seems, apart from being decimated from injury, is that they've been running out of steam. They really looked tired the other day, and when the game was breaking into this fast pace back and forth, Newcastle couldn't keep up, and now I'm worried for them midweek.
5: Nico, as you well know, they're out of puff. Yeah. <laughs> they're, out, they're out of puff. Um, Maybe they need yeah. Yeah. Jeff, don't steal my <laughs> phrases, Jeff. <laughs> they're, they're, they're absolutely shattered. I mean, after the game, Eddie Howe said, look, you know, there's not a lot you can do about fatigue. Just the sheer amount of the volume of games they've had. So bear in mind Tottenham have injuries, but they don't have that European competition, do they? So I think we really saw in sharp focus at the weekend a team with injuries against a team with injuries but without European competition plus the sheer amount of games it, it's just it's taking its toll on you uh, on taking its toll rather on Newcastle United and you do worry about them in midweek i mean you're seeing play, players like Kieran Trippier making mistakes getting caught that to me is a real snapshot of the problem right now he's just absolutely dog tired he's a top class international he doesn't make mistakes like that in terms of consistency, he's a 10 out of 10 guy. He will always deliver you a rock-solid performance. Right now, he, he can't lift a leg.
0: Oh, Jeff, it was whoever left that banana peel on the pitch. It wasn't his fault. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, it feels like every week we talk about Aston Villa and Unai Emery. Another mm-hmm. massive win at home. Although they didn't outplay Thank Arsenal you. like they did Manchester Thank City. I used to love this is to still, no, this is still a, a masterful win, I, I believe, from what I ever mean. How real are they? What, what, what's the, I guess, talking points right now in England when you, when you hear about Aston Villa?
5: Well, are they title contenders? Obviously, it's the big question. When you look at the table, you'd have to say yes. But don't forget, we were saying about it this about Tottenham earlier on in the season when they were riding high. I mean, this is a fabulous goal. The movement is excellent. Look how Zinchenko is taken out of the play by the runs. Great turn by John McGinn. Um, I think everybody acknowledges how well coached they are. Uh, Also, the discipline and also the the dossiers that the manager, Unai Emery, gives his players on the opposition. is extraordinary detail. They are extremely well drilled. But I think you also made an important point there as well, Charlie, in that they did not outplay Arsenal by a long, long way. Arsenal had several chances. They, they were profligate in front of goal. They should have come away with something, never mind potential VAR decisions that went against them. They had enough goal-scoring opportunities to at least come away with a point. However, another great win for Aston Villa, 15 on the bounce at home, is staggering. And it, it's one of those stories that really lifts everybody because there was no expectation at the start of the season. If you said to a Villa fan, start of the season, would you take top six by snatch snatched your hand off? All of a sudden, they're dreaming.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, Emery I just, is
3: it's a beautiful story. When I Emery back in Europe dream. with
2: Villa, whoo. that would be absolutely well. It's a beautiful story. Jeff, yeah. thank you very much. I'm so excited you've come on Golasso Network and, and morning footy because it feels like this Premier League season is gonna be an absolute belter.
5: Oh, Honestly, Nico, it's my uh, pleasure to come on to talk to you guys. But it also as well, as you say, it feels like it's shaping up to be one of the most extraordinary seasons. I mean, we didn't even mention Liverpool going back to the top of the table, did we just now? Look at the bottom as well. Mm -hmm. That is a really, really tight competition. Look, Sheffield United got that win at the weekend. Luton, although they were beaten, showing signs of improvement as well. It's gonna be a fabulous season. I I can't think of one team right now in the Premier League who isn't an interesting talking point.
2: Sensational. Cheers, Jeff, as they would say back in the day. Cheers, guys. Ciao. Thanks. (laughs) All right, guys, don't go anywhere on the other side of the break. We're talking Bundesliga. We'll be right back. I'll be the same.